listening to the ILC Radio Network, brought to you by the Iowa Leaf Consortium. Here's your host, Steve Wilson. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is uh, Steve Wilson with the ILC Radio Network, and uh, this is episode number 27, and uh, we're going to be talking with Candace Frost, and, and I'm going to uh, allow her to give an introduction of, uh, of herself as well as just a little bit of a background. Uh, but one of the, the, the big things that we're, we're uh, looking at talking about today is because she's going to be the keynote speaker at the uh, ILC and the, the Cirrus uh, Annual Conference, which is coming up October 28th. So make sure that you are uh, going to be attending that. But she's going to be the keynote speaker. And we always like to give a little bit of taste of, of what's going to be happening uh, in, uh, in that event. And of course, we're handling this one uh, uh, virtually this year. So, but you'll want to go out to cirrus.iastate.edu uh, slash to make sure that you get registered for the uh, conference coming up in October. And as a reminder to those, uh, this is episode 27, but uh, some of you might be listening to this for the first time, but this serves as a platform for communicating the best and brightest strategies, methods, and tools for all those on their journey to lean and operational excellence. And that certainly is uh, something that um, uh, Candace has been uh, associated with and working a lot with uh, leadership, mentorship, as, as well as building uh, diverse teams. And so uh, on that note, uh, Candace would like to welcome you to the program today. And you, you alluded to it a little bit in our uh, uh, pre-show, we'll make it sound really important, our pre-show discussion uh, which lasted for all about 30 seconds, that uh, you're originally from Muscatine. A yes. Native, another native Iowegian. I love it. So tell that's us. That's right. That's right. How did, how did you get from, uh, you know, Muscatine all the way to, and, and I'll say, Director of Foreign Intelligence for the Army, G2, uh, within headquarters, Department of the Army, uh, where you provide uh, current and estimative uh, intelligence to the Secretariat and the Army staff and projects, uh, projects the future strategic environment to the Secretary of the Army. What does all of that mean to, to those of us? I had a son that was in the Marines, but, but uh, um, what does all of that mean? So tell us a little bit about your journey. So, so my journey did start uh, at the Pearl of the Mississippi, Muscatine, Iowa, where I grew up just loving Iowa nonstop, Super big Hawkeye fan. Still love the Cyclones, though. So I'm a, I'm a dual teamer out here in Washington, don't make, D.C. Don't, don't make me pull up my uh, Cyclone background here. <laughs> there, there you go. Hey, I support both because I'm in D.C. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anything Iowa, I get fired up about. But, but really, I had a high school guidance counselor that said they've never had a female go to a service academy from Muscatine. And he kind of challenged me to put in my application. So I told... Um, some of the teachers and they wrote recommendations. I told my parents and that was it. And lo and behold, um, here I am back in 1994 at a Bob Dylan concert. And my Senator called and said he was going to give <laughs> Senator Harkin, uh, Harkin, give me the nomination. And, and I didn't know much at all about the military. So I, I show up bright eyed and bushy tailed at West Point and soon quickly realized I was in a, a totally different world. Not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Not, <laughs> not in any of the uh, corn, corn states. So, so I really, at that point, I recognized the, 
the depth and the the richness of America even more so than I than I had growing up in Iowa, just because there were so many people from so many diverse backgrounds that I got to work with. And I, through the years, um, I continued to soldier and quite often I'd say, all right, I'm done. I think I'm going to head back to Iowa. And, mm -hmm. and I just kept falling more and more in love with soldiering and leading and had tons of opportunities to serve the nation in many different roles, um, deployed multiple times. And just my, my heart and soul was in the army. And I decided to, to continue forward. Never in my wildest imagination would I have imagined I would be roaming the halls of the Pentagon um, during a transformative period of our nation's history, um, yeah. getting to be a part of mm -hmm. uh, making key and critical decisions. And it, it's been fantastic. So my role right now is I provide foreign intelligence to decision makers in the Army to make critical decisions on the now and then even up to 20 years from now with mm. respect to acquisition, procurement, um, and providing really the threat that they're going to face and, and projecting that forward. So it's a, it's a phenomenal job. I really, really enjoy it. I, I would assume then you've had multiple uh, different roles uh, throughout and uh, all of them uh, uh, building upon one another has is is there a particular thing that you just uh, uh, really sink your teeth into uh, as far as as with the military and just your experiences on, on a personal level? I I think personally the reason why I continue doing this because it is it's a tough journey, and I continued to forge forward because I saw the the fruits of my labor, the development of individual leaders, soldiers uh, throughout my entire career you kind of see they come to you as that lump of clay. And then you say, okay, I can, I can help mold you in this way, but you have to do the rest of the tough work. So I, I hearken it quite often to almost building a bridge. I can give you the blueprints, the tools. I can even provide the nuts and bolts. But when you see a person build it themselves and walk across it, that, that is just a thrill like no other. So really leader development is one of the big reasons I continue to stay in the military. And so again, you're going to be speaking in in October at the uh, at the, the conference uh, without giving their the entire session away. What what are you going to be touching on? Oh, I'm I'm actually really thrilled, and this is probably the best speaking event I get to do all year because I get to <laughs> speak to Iowans, so I can use some of my corny humor, and you may get it. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yep. I, I think I'm, I'm really going to discuss quite a bit, and this is a theme that I've used uh, throughout my kind of leadership journey about how you do develop those individual leaders, specifically through mentorship. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a big one because very few people know how to do it really well. Um, they think it almost goes to HR and it's a formula and, you know, you plug right. and play. But really, each person can do this. And so why it's critical in leading businesses and successfully building others through mentorship is because you get, to, you get to insert yourself into a person's life for a short period of time and then continue to develop them potentially throughout years, or you just have a really big impact on them in a short period of time and watch them go forward successfully within uh, their own small business, a medium business, even some large businesses that have very very specific mentorship um, journeys or coaching or counseling. Um, there, there are things that you can do in each of those areas that I'm going to talk to. 
Excellent. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to uh, uh, attend. Um, so as, as uh, obviously with, with situations that are currently going on uh, within our, our, our country and, and speaking uh, uh, specifically with regards to uh, coronavirus and, and, uh, and that, how has uh, your experience within the Army kind of uh, prepared you for uh, such a time as this? You know, it was funny. I had a conversation with my 12-year-old son about this when, when COVID-19 initially started and a lot of people were working from home. I've um, gone to the Pentagon almost every day. But for him to, to sit at home in isolation, uh, go to school via online, and he just kept saying, this, this is killing me. I can't believe this. And I, and I looked at my husband and said, it's just like being deployed. And he, he immediately in his 12 year old voice said, mommy, I've never been deployed and I don't like it. <laughs> and, and at that point I said, you're, you're absolutely right. We're conditioned to working in just the craziest austere environments in the world, in the military. Mm -hmm. And we are highly adaptive to changing circumstances. Um, this is like no other but it is a lot like being deployed when you're stuck in one little area sometimes and you can only go out, you know, with the mask. Uh, uh, when we would leave base deployed, you would go out with a weapon. But, um, but it's really hard for so many people around me and just trying to explain, hey, you have to be resilient and why change is so important in environments like this. Um, I do have the, the great opportunity to work with uh, Operation Warp Speed that's working on, um, on assisting the very rapid spread of uh, the, the antivirus when, when it's achieved. And it's, it's really neat to see the dedicated employees at the federal level that are just churning day in and day out uh, on trying to, to stop this. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that because that, that, that type of information and news doesn't always make, make, make the news circuits. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So I appreciate uh, you sharing and, and giving an update on that. Um, so, so in, obviously it's, it's important. Um, it's important in any working relationship for trust to be there, but specifically uh, when there's a lot of turmoil, upheaval, uncertainty, uh, and, and things of that nature, why is it so much more important uh, and how do you, how do you ensure that, that you develop it before and, and during? Exactly. Steve, that's a, that's a fantastic question. And especially right now when you're looking at employees and employers, the more transparency you can provide and the more mm -hmm. open you are with your employees. Now, I, I understand, especially in my line of work in intelligence, full transparency can't always exist. <laughs> right. right. In any business, they, they are the same way. You cannot be 100% transparent. But what you can be is great at communication. And those businesses and employers that communicate well and often with their employees with a big dash of um, understanding the complexity of the now I think you're forming a great working relationship and that just builds upon trust because employees that feel like they can trust their managers, their bosses, their leaders, they're going to work 10 times harder for you just because yeah. they think, you know, we're on a team together right. versus a transactional, Hey, I work for you. You give me a paycheck. Um, great relationships exist. Uh, just like 
when their metal is tested and all of our working metal is being yeah. tested right now to see, hey, can we sustain this? Um, and it, and it's, it's sadly uh, the, the entire contraction of the economy and the entire world, we're feeling it. And so I'm sure a lot of your listeners are not only experiencing this um, and watching it affect their business, but it's affecting their family and the people that are around them. And so this is when communities are really strengthened. Well, and I think it's it's really important to, to just as a lot of the individuals that will be there uh, at the conference are are in leadership roles, and uh, and a few years ago, uh, and I apologize, Jim, if I, I forget uh, uh, your last name, I believe it was Jim Lancaster. Um, it's one of those things where you say, "Oh, this this good friend of mine, Jim." Um, <laughs> I can't remember your last name. Uh, no, but Jim Lancaster, he spoke there, and uh, he was talking about the role of leaders goes so far beyond impacting the employees at work. Uh, because if they can ensure that employees have a good day at work, uh, boy, the impact that that has outside of work on the family members, on the rest of commu uh, the community is, is it's just astronomical, the impact that it can have. And I think so many times we just focus and particularly probably in these times of turmoil and, and that we, we don't necessarily think of, number one, how can I make it best for my employees uh, here at work, but even how can I make it so much better for them when they, they go home? Right. Uh, and and you're, you, have, you have an amazing workforce as a leader. If you just go out and talk to them, I, I call it you know, leadership by walking around. Right now, I, it's leadership behind the Zoom meeting or the Microsoft Teams or outside of the cubicle or even off the, off the line. You've got to get to know individuals and, and ask them, especially now we're seeing, and, and I'm not sure the state of Iowa with their back to school plan, but there are a lot of parents and especially single parents out there that are really, really concerned. If you yeah. can hear their concerns and, and work with them to accommodate that, man, that workforce, talk about loyalty. Uh, we in the Army kind of talk about the entire, the entire Army family as a team and a unit. Mm -hmm. and, and, if, and at the end of the day, especially if we can win the family members to stay on the Army team, the service main members always going to follow. And so that's why when you treat the entire family as a part of whatever business team you've formed, you, know, you don't have to retrain somebody because that person can stay with you much longer. Let's uh, want to segue into one of the other areas that you focus a lot on is is mentorship and and mentorship, of course, is mentorship for now today, but also uh, the future um, in your best. Um, how would you best describe mentorship? Because, you know, like in many cases, these terms get thrown around and uh, ment I, yeah, I'm so-and-so's mentor. And it's like, well, when was the last time that you engaged with them? Well, right. you know, yeah. So, so what does mentorship really mean? So, so mentorship for me and the way that I, that I've kind of pushed it forward. And I actually have a blueprint to mentorship that I wrote, uh, in walking people through, Hey, there are steps that you can take. And it, and it follows a lot of design theory thinking, is that you start with someone at the beginning. And then just as the analogy I gave before a little bit, it's like building that bridge. You wanna to get to their future self. Mm -hmm. When you mentor them, you have to walk through those steps of understanding where they are now, the steps they'll need to take, but they're, 
they're going to face individual challenges. And if you're not putting those challenges before them, then you need to walk through, especially in business, all of those ethical challenges, right? You can understand the legal, the taxes, the, you know, those, those things that are black and white. It's the fuzzy grayness in the middle. And that's the part that a, a great mentor really discusses with someone and it grows them as a leader to get them to their future self. Great mentors don't make Xerox copies of themselves though. And that's the most important part. Right. You've got to help them walk their own journey because mm. it may not be exactly like yours. They may take a left or right turn. And those are the best mentorship relationships. I, I right. tell people, if you're creating a cookie cutter of yourself, you may not be doing it right. <laughs> yes. And, and if the objective is to do so, mentorship might not be <laughs> yeah. high, high on your list of, 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 transfer transferable skills let's let's put it that uh uh put it that way yeah and i th i think uh is it something that is being embraced more that notion of 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 really needing more than just a succession plan uh right, right? that's 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 more than what mentorship is do you think that it's it's uh it's being um accepted more and and recognized as as a need for uh, for the future I, I think it's more so it's desired because right now we are in such a, a, a transformative period of employment that people, especially young employees, when, when I look at millennials and then our next generation that's coming forward, they keep asking, all right, where, where's the keys to the kingdom? How do I follow in this path? And the nonlinearity of our work environment right now, mm -hmm. um, you have to realize that adaptability is key. And so by someone that's gone before you, especially when we're looking at the different generations that are out there and, and the retirement ages and people that are starting to, to leave the workforce, look, if you don't build your bench right now and mentor others to replace, and it's not succession, it's mentoring right. so that they're strong in all different leadership skills because the yeah. path that you've walked it doesn't exist anymore. Right. So when you're, when you're forming that relationship and growing that person, it's, it is time well spent. Mm -hmm. Now I know one of the other areas that you, you focus on or, or is, is increasing diversity within the leadership groups. Right. And obviously as a woman in the military, uh, yeah, you're, you're not, <laughs> there's not, it's not as, as well represented. Right. So what are some of the things that uh, maybe that you have have experienced or learned from that experience and how is that knowledge now being utilized by, by you? I've really pushed for for a long time. Number one, we talked about it already communication and listening. Um, you've got to, to ask your employees, especially those who are, you know, whatever environment you're in, um, I'll hearken to my own story, many times I was the only female in the room. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there were even times where I was the only female in a 4,000 person unit. When leaders would ask me, uh, how, do you, how do you feel about this? Well, what could we do different? Um, and who can we talk to? I immediately would have, you know, okay, this is, here are errors that, you're, that this organization is, is doing. Here's a better way to do it. And then here are 10 other people that I recommend you either hire, look into, because especially in many minority communities, our networks run deep because we talk to each other. Hey, how can we achieve success? I see it all the time right now. And that's why my big push is of 
for women in national security and um, defense is kind of growing that, that environment and talking and bringing other people forward. If you're working to diversify your workforce, there are hundreds, of, I, that's why I love LinkedIn. There are hundreds of organizations out there. Sometimes you just have to reach out and open the door and then yeah. ask the tough, tough questions of yourself. Are you really willing, willing to do that? If you are, you're gonna have a much better product in the end because it, there are so many studies out there that say a more diverse workforce actually makes better decisions and is just better for business. And diversity covers what areas? Diversity, you know, those simple areas of race, creed, gender, those, mm -hmm. those are ones that you're known. Um, but then there are some areas of just diversity of thought. Uh, sometimes we tend to feel most comfortable around the people who are most like us. Right. So if I say, you know, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And if you're all ducks in a row, you're going to get the same result every time. If you can add... I don't know, a sparrow into that group, um, a finch. Look, you're going to have a different, different way of, of seeing things. And that actually produces a much better result. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think uh, hopefully, again, uh, we're beginning to see uh, an increase in the, uh, the likelihood of that and the recognized value of, of having a more uh, diverse diverse work group. Um, uh, yeah, we don't want to all be uh, thinking the same because that, that, that certainly leads to uh, uh, lack of results or um, devastating results, I think, uh, as well. I, I'm sure you have seen, uh, I won't uh, ask you to divulge any national secrets, but uh, I'm sure you have seen where, you know, that notion of, of groupthink has, has, has interfered uh, and, uh, and perhaps caused some some decision making that uh, uh, was not not best, and and having diversity, you know, and I not divulging any secrets, but I but I can tell you, diversity was actually really really key to. Yes, we have uh, we have uh, Colonel Frost here. She's speaking to us from an undisclosed location. <laughs> That's right in Washington D.C. In, in Washington uh, D.C. So so I'd say you know, it kind of harkens back to when I was deployed in Afghanistan. Um, there were areas of certain tribes that only women, women could speak to other women in just because mm -hmm. of their societal construct and, and the way um, many of the Afghan men uh, did not allow other soldiers to speak with the, the females. But we as women could go into that area and as, mm -hmm. and as female service members, it actually benefited us quite a bit because we could talk about things that were going on, whether it was a a project that we were doing or to gather information, men couldn't get it. They didn't have access to that. So just by having the diversity of gender, we were able to increase our mission effectiveness. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a small kind of one example, but it does hearken to why if you have, especially in businesses and you're, let's say you're, you're trying to sell, sell something. If you understand your marketing, um, in a different area, boy, that makes a huge difference. That could open sales that you didn't even know existed by just tweaking a couple of things and opening that conversation and that door. Our guest today on the ILC Radio Network is Colonel Candace Frost, and she's going to be speaking at the October 28th uh, ILC Annual Conference. And so you'll definitely want to uh, make sure that you get signed up and registered for that. 
um, as, as we kind of begin to, to, to wind down here, um, oftentimes you, you'll, individuals will step away from a conference or something and, and, and that was talking about leadership and, and they, they, they go back and they talk to their, their individual and they say, okay, uh, go forth and lead. Um, you know, it's that the, the shotgun, right? And, and I know one of the things that you focus on also is, is leading with, with purpose. Um, how do we, how do we bridge that? Hey, go forth and lead to leading with purpose. The, the biggest part about leading with purpose is it's never over. And, yeah. and uh, that can be exhausting, but it can also be really refreshing in the fact that you never really reach the zenith. Um, if you're tied to your position and your rank or whatever your title is, that, that may not be, I may not be your best speaker because I'm going to challenge you in the fact that you're constantly developing. And if you have a growth mindset and you realize the purpose isn't always the paycheck, the purpose is the ability to affect and impact people's lives and the work that you do. When you give them a purpose, um, I, I think you're developing a much better business model and you're going to be a better leader because those people will look at you, follow you, and you'll develop um, the future who will replace you. So what can, uh, what can the individuals that are going to be attending, what can they expect uh, from, from, uh, from you? And again, attending, it's going to be all different. Um, but uh, what, are, what are you going to give them? So I am going to, I'm working right now with somebody. We're going to do as much possible um, videotaping from Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, we were just, uh, we had a big plan laid out um, to walk around the city and do some of the recording, but we're masked up again. Uh, so, so to be continued where it will be. Um, uh -huh. so I'm going to try and give you as many visuals as possible from <laughs> the nation's capital. Um, the second thing is we're definitely going to discuss, uh, some of those successes and failures that, that I've experienced in leadership and then definitely provide, uh, kind of hard currency wise, something that you can mentally take with you as you start to plan forward. Hey, how can I be not only a better leader, but through mentorship, um, find those people that I want to grow and develop and help create better business. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Uh, how can people uh, learn a little bit more about you even, even before coming there and, uh, you know, just uh, glean a lot more from you? Great. Yeah. I actually, um, you can check out my website. It's www.colonelcandid.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's uh, Colonel Candid, C-A-N-D-I-D. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I, I, now, does that happen to be a, uh, an initial or is it just? No. So I love if the you, way that that laid out that way. If you spell check my name, Candace, it, yeah. it automatically goes to Candid. And I've been called Candid quite often in my career because I, <laughs> uh, I definitely speak truth to power. So... I took that as, well, you know, kismet. We should be able to, to use the gifts that we are given and started um, adding a lot more of the leadership that I was doing one-on-one -on -one with people um, to, to a website and started building this small business. So my consulting business has gone well. I still have a full-time job in the Pentagon, but every now and again, um, I, get to, I get to add and develop even greater leaders. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. And uh, everyone, um, make sure that you get signed up for the 
annual conference, October 28th. And I think in that case, we're not going to have any, uh, any maximum capacities. Uh, so, so we won't have any space require, you know, uh, requirements. So uh, definitely get signed up. So Colonel Candace, thank you again so much for being a guest on the ILC Radio Network. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And a shout out to all the Iowans out there. There are some of us in DC with our Iowa sanity um, (laughs) and rooting for you all. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we hope you've enjoyed our show. For more information, please check us out online at iowaline.com.